Hello, Gina. Hi, Sarah. Wow, it's been a very long time since we had one of these conversations. It has been. It has been. How are you doing? I am well. You know, it's February 2nd, 2021, and um, which is kind of weird because I almost said January in that, and the month has obviously flown by the first month. Um, and is this, let's see, is this our first conversation of the year or just, or our second conversation of the year? I think it's our second. I think we've had one other. That's right. That's right. We've had one other, but really it's been a several weeks since we've had any kind of, of communication whatsoever. And um, I know that one of the things that you um, thought would be really good for us to chat about today would be something other than politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be good to, oh, take a break. <laughs> yes, and I certainly agree with that. I think, I think most people, at least in our country, feel like we've had enough. So, you know, I, I thought that maybe we could um, share a few ideas about, the, you know, I'm going to call the good news of 2020 because, you know, it could be anything, but maybe there's some particular, um, there's a silver lining or some positive things that we could highlight that came out of 2020, as opposed to only continuing the conversations about the things that were so difficult about that year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a fantastic idea. And I'm excited to dig in with you. Yeah, yeah. So because um, I haven't really thought about this for a long time I mean long and hard before the conversation but I I certainly have a sense of, of a few things that for me were either epiphanies or just plain old uh good things should I should I go for it and get started? go for it you, you want to you want to alternate you want to do one and I'll do one and yeah back and forth yeah that'd be great um and I would say, you know, one of the things that, I, that really became 100% crystal clear to me in 2020 is how much I like having some space for thinking. Now, mm-hmm. it's not that I did not know that about myself. I've always known that about myself. But I think because most of us were homebound because of the pandemic and in, in spending more time than ever um, in our homes, in, in our offices or what have you, I think for me, one of the silver linings of the, of the pandemic was that I could then have a little bit more space to myself to to think about things that I cared about. Um, I wasn't traveling to clients, um, and that really was saving me a lot of time and, and energy. Uh, and so I really had the opportunity to think about a lot of things. I thought a lot about, you know, what's happening with with what I'm call I'm going to call like the science, you know, sort of. Um, how do, what is the role of science in the future? <laughs> you know, I thought about the idea that there were things that I t- was taught as a child that um, I have just held on to all my life about, you know, what, how do you get information? And, and, you know, there are these people over here who did this research and then they share it with us. And, and um, so many of those ideas are being challenged. Uh, but I think that, I'm optimistic that we've emerged now um, to a point where um, I notice that uh, Dr. Fauci is one of our, is, ha, has been highly regarded in, in just some information I was looking at recently, which I, I'm really hoping that means it's a sign that this idea that yes, science can help us not just to understand the world, but now it can really help save our lives. I hope that, you know, science um, has a rebound. So that was sort of one of my, you know, it was a low point, but then it became a high point. <laughs> I love that. And I, and I have to say, just as 
anecdotally, I have loved all the Fauci memes over the past year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just such a likable guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's and contributed I to... <laughs> so much to our to our country, to the world over the past uh, year. And yes. um, I love that he served for so long, so faithfully under many different yes. presidents and is, yes. um, has gotten the... Uh, the credit and recognition that he deserves uh, for all of that. Uh, uh, absolutely. I have a, I have to admit while we're doing this quick aside that I do have a bobblehead, uh, a bobblehead fountain. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. And, and I will also say, I know, I remember earlier in the year, you making some reference to some space related um, things mm-hmm. that came out and just sort of, um, feeling the awe and the inspiration of some of those scientific advancements. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And and that's exactly what I'm going to talk about next. Oh, cool. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Great. Um, Well, I think for me, one is a silver lining coming out of some of the catastrophe and it is um, all of the racial unrest and the spotlight that's been shown on racial inequity um, Mm -hmm. on police brutality toward people of color Um, particularly Black men, Uh, all of that brought uh, racial injustice to the forefront in a way that I had not seen before. And we've Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about this before. You know, I consider myself somebody who's racially aware. My husband is Black. Um, I love other cultures. I embrace learning about other people. My children are biracial. And yet Mm -hmm. there was a lot that I realized I didn't understand. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to that end, probably much more that I still don't, but I would rather know than remain ignorant. And, Mm -hmm. and I'll say that, you know, my worldview was, was really rocked. Um, Mm -hmm. Not because I didn't think racism existed, but because I did not see how pervasive it continues to be. And I didn't see Mm -hmm. the pattern, the longstanding pattern of um, since the time of slavery, how America has repressed, you know, maybe people of color have advanced Uh, in some ways. And then there would be some series of riots across the country that would destroy uh, much of what had been built and that this has happened Mm -hmm. multiple times over the last few centuries. And so um, seeing pattern, looking for my own family's historical part in all of this, and then Mm -hmm. thinking about how we might play a role today in advancement of equity and equality and um, justice and mm-hmm. just a more fair and equitable world, a, a more kind world, a world where we agree um, uh, with one another more rather than looking and pointing at our differences in a way mm-hmm. that's negative. Um, I feel hopeful. I feel optimistic. We can't address things that we don't know about. I'm ashamed uh, about the not knowing. I'm ashamed for mm-hmm. myself. And, for, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that it's that's okay to, to take on some of that. I'm ashamed for myself and for the country that mm-hmm. we've, um, that I and we as a collective whole, those of us who that uh, describes, maybe were more comfortable um, or, or leaned into 
being comfortable rather than asking uh, and evaluating some of those difficult questions. And Mm -hmm. I can, I can look at that today and say that I feel certain that that happened. um, Because when I look at the resources that have been available well over time, you know, uh, some of the James Baldwin um, writings, even books that I've read that I processed and thought I understood that I just didn't. I read them and I took away the really like feel good message, um, but didn't ask the deeper questions about what the implications were at that time and for today. So um, I am glad that this light has shone um, Mm -hmm. on these things so that we can make the world better today and uh, for um, our children in the future. And that's those. That's exactly a gr- that's a great one. And um, I suppose that it's interesting that you call that out on your short list, and I don't have it on my short list. Um, it's it's interesting that, that that difference is interesting. And I think the only reason I don't have it on my short list is probably because it's the only thing I've talked I've thought about consistently every minute of the day for the yeah. last year. You know, in a way, it's almost like. Uh, that's so interesting. I am actually pausing here because I'm realizing, in fact, what you just mentioned is absolutely a a silver lining that has come out of what is a difficult thing. But, but I'm certainly like you more optimistic about the possibilities that the new ways of talking about equity and equality and race in America might have opened up, you know, so I'm optimistic. I agree with that for sure. Good. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose my number two is going to be something to do with science in that very specific way, having to do with NASA. I mean, I think NASA made my year from a, (laughs) from a inspiration perspective. I mean, there were two big things that happened in 2020 that NASA, in which, uh, in which NASA was directly involved that really, really made me very happy. One of them was that um, NASA had sent a a, a spacecraft called OSIRIS-REx to an asteroid and it had been out traveling to the asteroid for years and it got to the asteroid um, last year. And there was this funny little thing where, you know, after all that travel, this this little thing just landed on the the, uh, asteroid for a very short time, grabbed some of the debris that makes up the surface of the asteroid and then tucked it in and darted away and then was on its way back to earth where I think it comes back this year, later this year. I'm not sure, even sure if it's this year, but it's another long trip. And I don't know, there was just something about that that was so inspiring and like, wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in the real old fashioned way that a kid, I, I just was like beside myself. I don't quite even know why, <laughs> because I'd never, I was not, I was not following the journey of this of this uh, spacecraft the whole time, right? Like I wasn't truly engaged with it all along. But when I actually saw what what happened, I was like blown away by the whole thing. Um, and then the other thing that happened that NASA made possible was that um, so I think it was the last um, the last trip of Americans to the space station. Uh, or the first, after 11 years, I should say, the first trip of Americans to the space station occurred. Um, and there hadn't been a trip because, you know, they had basically ended the shuttle program. And 
The only people who were going to the space station were uh, Russians. And so you could, you know, Americans could sort of tag along on the Russian spacecraft to get to the space station, but we had no way of sending Russians, of sending Americans. And, and NASA and SpaceX got together and they created this way of getting uh, American humans plus one Japanese uh, to the space station where they are right now. And that was just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to go to the space station. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. <laughs> but I like seeing other people do it and it makes them happy. So I'm happy. Yes. Yeah. I, oh. I love that you're calling attention to that. And it's funny because it's not something that I immediately get swept up in, but you're right. When you pause and just linger on the idea of any of these things mm-hmm. even being possible, it is so mind numbing yes. Um, yes. and incredibly inspiring. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it, it's just, <laughs> it really is. It's one of those things where um, it's be, maybe just because it's so, um, it's so, it seems so impossible. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things that I, you couldn't do yourself. It's just, wow. Mm-hmm. So Yes. <laughs> okay. I suppose my next one is that through the pandemic, we learned that huge organizations that have a tendency to kind of hmm and haw about change, that these behemoths of an organization can actually turn on a dime given the proper motivation. Yes, yes, indeed. I found that just mesmerizing because Mm -hmm. for so long, I mean, for as long as I've been in the business world, I've seen these huge organizations saying things like, oh, a huge ship is slow to turn. And, you know, that it's, there's just an expectation that nothing can be done quickly. But we learned that that's mm-hmm. not true. And um, organizations pivoted in ways that supported their people um, mm-hmm. in addition to pivoting in ways that supported their bottom line. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was... Uh, inspiring to see the organizations that were able to effectively make those changes, listen to people, and then respond as they heard feedback coming in about what the experience of the pandemic was like for employees. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. that That's a great one. Um, I, I, used to, I used to work in a company where I had this, the senior VP of the division used to say, I like looking out into the parking lot at seven o'clock in the evening and seeing all the cars out there. It lets me know how dedicated people are to this job. And I instantly hated that man. Uh-huh. Not hate, that's a strong word, but I instantly knew he and I could never be in the same room for a long time. Yeah. And I've never forgotten that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and I think about even myself and the way that I've approached work, Um, not the like blind idealism of like, oh, the more that I work, the better I am for the company. Um, Mm -hmm. but even just the, my personal enjoyment of work, I've, I've kind of believed for a long time that I'm, I'm a career woman. I've been made to work. I find more fulfillment in my work than in being, uh, you know, part of a family. I mean, that's kind of a bold statement, but I would say that I've believed that that's true about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't mind, I'm just gonna, I'm already here. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it all the way into my third, uh, my third one. 
Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Which is that during the pandemic, I spent more time with my kids and my spouse. Uh, and yeah. I, I think that a lot of times parents and working parents, especially maybe um, we joke about just the challenges and how, how hard it can be to be sort of stuck in the house altogether. Um, and I, I don't want to paint too rosy of a picture. There are challenges when you're all right on top of each other for yes. days on oh, sure. end. But I found mm-hmm. that being together more um, led to me liking them more, like loving them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already love them. I already like them. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I expected that being in such tight quarters would lead to more frustration. And instead, the opposite was true. I found I felt more compassion for them. I found I felt mm-hmm. that I understood them better. And oh, wow. um, I, that really surprised me. I did not expect that at all. Um, and that is certainly a silver silver lining of of the events of 2021 or sorry 2020 oh my 2020 yeah oh wow that is profound (laughs) (laughs) and wonderful I'm glad I mean I I always wonder about um I always I wonder I've wondered about this but I don't have any insider information about this until you shared what you shared because I I have basically quarantined in my home with my partner, Steve, my daughter comes by um, and we take all the precautions. His son and my daughter doesn't have any children and his son who has a wife and three children, they, um, well, first of all, they moved further away, but that's part of it. But they also um, don't come by because they don't, you know, the kids are there everywhere. The husband is in the military um, and um, both of them are reservists. Uh, in addition to his regular job. And so they interact with a lot of people and then they're the kids and stuff. So, so we haven't seen them in a long time. Um, And, and because he travels quite a bit for work and so on, I know that he and his wife are, you know, they often, often it's just she with the kid with the little ones and then he's off and so on. So they haven't really talked about this issue much. So this is very, this is like insider information. (laughs) I'm glad that you have had a, a really positive experience. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Me too. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad to hear that. Well, that is wonderful. Those are great ones. Um, so I guess my, my third um, silver lining um, thing, idea, it has to do with essential workers or frontline workers. I, I am happy on behalf of certainly uh, the medical frontline workers that people, me included, are just more aware of the things that they do that generally tend to be sort of in the shadows. And, and I'm not necessarily talking about physicians and nurses because I think we all tend to acknowledge the contributions that they make. I'm thinking more about restaurant workers mm-hmm. and, and nursing home attendants mm-hmm. and um, you know the people who, the, the trash collectors mm-hmm. and stuff, the people who do the jobs that we don't really want to do, the jobs that are not, that don't pay well, the bus drivers, you know, they had to keep, to keep doing their job in order to eat. Yes. And at the same time, they're terrified of getting this, this deadly virus. And based on the research, that it's very clear that they have, that the reason that more uh, Black Americans and Hispanic Americans and Native American Americans have, um, which is ridiculous, Native Americans, um, have, uh, I knew what you meant, have, uh, yeah, 
have been infected and been dying at a higher rate from the disease is because of the work that they do, because a disproportionate number of these essential jobs are held by people of color in the United States. So it's not that Black people and Hispanic people and Native Americans are more more biologically uh, in, you know, predisposed, uh, yes. predisposed to getting this virus. It's not that we have bad personal hygiene, which is what a, uh, I guess, a state representative from uh, Pennsylvania or somewhere said oh. recently. Um, it's none of those things. It's a simple matter. There are two things. It's the nature of the work and the, the, the demographics of who's doing those jobs. And then because of those same factors, those same systemic factors, many of these people went home to groups of situations where they were living with extended families. So, you know, which made it, made it more likely that they would then have, you know, spread the disease within their families and therefore more people would sick, would be sick and more would die. So, you know, that is the sad part of the whole thing. The, the, for me, the upside is just more awareness of all of that mm-hmm. for me and everybody else in this mm-hmm. country. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that early on when they, are, they were reporting that people of color were disproportionately impacted by COVID, there were some big question marks around that. And why was that? And um, gradually the research came out that, yes, exactly as you said, they're holding mm-hmm. more frontline mm-hmm. jobs. And Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, that makes everything make sense. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, these people, these frontline workers really kept the country going in a lot of ways uh, for all Mm -hmm. of us, Uh, willingly or not, you know, whether they whether they wanted to be a hero or whether they were just trying to keep food on the table. They really did um, important, vital work for the the whole company. I'm sorry for the whole country. Yes. Whole country. Oh, sure. And um, many of them did did lose their lives to COVID. Um, oh, yeah. I I am glad to see various um, public figures, organizations, political leaders taking time to grieve publicly, to mourn publicly. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's an important thing mm-hmm. that needs to continue to happen, so that we're collectively. Uh, taking in the weight of the number mm-hmm. of people that have passed. It's just yeah. mind boggling. Oh, absolutely. It really is. I, I have a t-shirt that had um, reference to a hundred thousand people dying of COVID. And at the time that I had that t- got that t-shirt that seemed preposterous, mm-hmm. pre- preposterous, mm-hmm. like it could not be real. Yes. <laughs> and now we're at five times that number and it's just yes. bizarre. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, but there is an upside. upside. Yes, the mm-hmm. the the awareness. You're right. We learned a lot about ourselves as a country and the makeup of who <laughs> is doing um, frontline work, vital work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I I was able to very quickly identify three positive things that came out of 2020 even though we just made the decision today that we would talk about this. And I made, I quickly knew what the three would be for me. And, and I guess I'm going to take a moment to just uh, say how grateful I am that I recognize that I can have those, these three positive things. I've had many more than those. And I know there are many people who haven't had, uh, who may not feel like they have much that they could celebrate coming out of 2020. So I do know that I'm one of the very, very lucky ones. Um, But I want to give you a chance to sort of do your wrap up as well. 
you know, so that we um, can, you know, I can respect your mm-hmm. time. Yes. Yep. I, I too, I'm, I love that, the, that we did this idea. I love that you had this idea for us to talk about. Um, and it feels, uh, it feels sweet to be able to take 30 minutes and reflect on this. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Gina. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to our next conversation um, where, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm making some big changes in life and we'll get to talk about those if you, at some point, not necessarily in this particular conversation or this mm-hmm. kind of conversation, but we'll get to talk about that at some time. And I'm really just looking forward to continuing uh, to talk to you, uh, Sarah, one way I or another. I am too, Gina. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.